welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, all alone today because I am in quarantine. I am safer at home. That is what this time is about. Uh, anyway, our guest today is Tom Dowd. He is an old friend, uh, a friend of the show. He is the founder of Performance Inspired alongside Mark Wahlberg. They donated all of the protein bars for our big Facebook-a-thon we did a little while ago to raise uh, money and to raise uh, these care packages for frontline healthcare workers. So he was a big part of making those a possibility. And also, uh, Tom is just a great businessman. And we, uh, I wanted to talk to him and pick his brain about how to, how to thrive, how to find opportunity in the crisis of what is going on with our economy right now. And, and I thought that he would be, because of all of his practical life experience, uh, a, a great opportunity for you guys to, to learn from his experience. We, we talked for about an hour, so, so it's, I, I hope that it's, it's like a university lecture. Look at it that way. Uh, we're gonna, he, against the backdrop of anecdotes from his own life, you are going to find out how to find opportunity and how to, uh, how to use this crisis as a way for yourselves to, to grow out of it. That, is, that was what I had in mind, and that is what we provided. So stay tuned for Tom Dowd. But first, here is a word from, uh, from Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans, our sponsor today. So here's John with Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. Home today is so much more than it was yesterday. But at Rocket Mortgage, home is still all about you. During these challenging times, the top priority at Rocket Mortgage is the health and safety of the communities they serve. And one thing that will never change is their team's commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience possible. That's why if you need mortgage support, their team of experts is there to answer questions and offer solutions. They understand that hardships happen and they are here to help. Whether that means working with you to save money on your mortgage or finding a new way to navigate payments. If you have questions, the team at Rocket Mortgage has answers. They know how important your home is to you because you're important to them. If you need mortgage assistance, the home loan experts at Rocket Mortgage are available to help 24 hours a day, seven days a week. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Visit rocketmortgage.com slash Tesh to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. want to thank once again Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans for sponsoring today's show. And here, without further ado is Tom Dowd. Tom Dowd, co-founder of Performance Inspired. Thank you so much for being a part of this show with us today. Hello, great to be here. Thank you. Okay, so, I mean, you're the co-founder of Performance Inspired. You started uh, F45, uh, which, which is, a, which is a, uh, an amazing workout chain. But most importantly, you and I know each other from work we did years ago with SlimFast, and That's we right. always would hang out at all of the big meetings, and we got to talking, and, and we've stayed in touch ever since. And so more than, more than all of your amazing accomplishments, I, I, I consider you a friend. <laughs> well, thank you, and I consider you a friend. Uh, just to tell you, I didn't start at 45. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and I are investors in it. Started down in Australia, so we were lucky enough last year to invest and take a meaningful ownership stake. So. Uh, really proud of that. And um, right now we're struggling with the gyms being closed, but, you know, we're doing a lot of bad home workout programs and such. So just to clarify that. Well, that's, uh, thank you for clarifying, but that's, you just Mm -hmm. hit on exactly why I wanted to talk to you, which is, you know, you have, you have managed to be a, uh, a major mover in the world of nutrition and fitness for, for a long time. Uh, And, and, and you have a certain, entrepreneurial bent and a way of sight of citing opportunity that I think people could benefit from because I, there, there was a quote and you and I were talking about this before we started. Yeah. There was a quote that I heard recently, which is 
that uh, you know that basically the best thing you can do is in in time of crisis is find opportunity. The winners will find opportunity in a time of crisis. And I thought, who better? Who better to talk to about how to find opportunity in this time and how to train ourselves to be opportunistic than you? So that's and and plus we we just worked together on our um, yeah. frontline workers thing. You performance inspired donated a bunch of top of the line protein bars for us to be able to send to frontline healthcare workers, um, which was which was very kind of you, but also you know that that it made it had you top of mind for me. So that's what I wanted to talk hey. to you about today. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And yeah, I mean, you know, like the old saying in the stock market, you know, the time to make money is when there's blood on the streets, even some of the blood is yours. Is that Baron Rothschild? So it is exactly. So, you know, um, so, you know, in any downturn, you know, people don't realize that's when most people make money because basically everything's on sale. So if you have capital to invest and you can even hold your breath a little bit of time, you know, invest in something and wait. So it turns around, like in real estate, for example, you know, or really anything else that's beaten down right now, even temporarily, um, you know, it's a major opportunity for people. And uh, with the downturn, there's a lot of um, different, you know, people look at the overall economy dropping, but there's segments that are actually growing. You know, I'd love to be in a mask business right now, right. a respirator business, right? There's one example. And actually, the health and wellness space is doing extremely well. Our, you know, performance-inspired nutrition business is on fire. You know, our web sales have almost doubled in the last month alone with us doing nothing different because people were a lot more focused on, you know, their their immune system, their overall health and wellness. Um, and everybody doesn't want to come out of this, you know, with 40 extra pounds. Right. So people right. are, are definitely more focused on their immunity and just trying to work out more. So, you know, we love um, the fact that People are really focused on their health and wellness. You know, part of our hashtag and marketing is, in, is inspired to be better. Um, and, you know, being involved in everything from Aqua Hydrate, a water company with Mark, you know, helping with that and F45 and Performance Inspired. And, you know, I spent 25 years at General Nutrition Company, GNC. So, you know, this is what I've been living and breathing for, for a long time. So I've never seen anybody just really... Uh, or a group of people just really focus on their their overall health and wellness right now uh, through this, which is, I think, one of the positive things coming out of this coronavirus issue. You you, you hit on something there that I find interesting. So you worked at GNC for, for 25 years um, mm -hmm. as an employee before you became the entrepreneur that you are now. And I've heard this before, too, which is uh, if most entrepreneurs, most successful entrepreneurs have at least five years of experience in the field as an employee yeah. before they start a company. Um, do, do you find that to be invaluable or, or was it, do you feel like you wasted your time? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I had the ability, you know, as a number two guy there, I ran all new business licensing, you know, as a chief merchant. So I very, you know, really fed my entrepreneurial spirit, you know, creating products, you know, I made it pretty much all the products still at GNC, you'll have my fingerprints on them. So, you know, still a lot of pride there. So that was great training for me. You know, you need that discipline as well. And, um, you know, it gave me the capital I needed to start branching out and investing in things like SlimFast is how we, we first met that we bought from Unilever. Uh, so, you know, those are the you know, type of uh, disciplines I learned, you know, working for GNC and it gave me the money to invest in the, in the space that I know and that's health and wellness. So that's why I kind of always, you know, kind of 
invest in the things I know and understand. You know, I'm in other things as well, like technology, but those are more passive investments. You know, usually I focus on things where I could actually invest, take a board seat and, and you know, get involved with management and, uh, you know, kind of shape where the company's going and, and, you know, have the operational skill set as well to kind of make the tough decisions. Yeah. <clears throat> like, like who needs to get, you know, uh, repositioned within a company, you know, how, what's your marketing plan looks like, what's your SG&A spends, you know, and just kind of getting the weeds there as well. But certainly spotting opportunities is, is a great gift to have. And, you know, if you really train yourself, if it doesn't come naturally to just always look for opportunities and how can you make something better? Uh, that's a great skill to have. And, you know, like it or not, you know, my wife, you know, I tell her, listen, the things that make me tough to live with make me good at business because <laughs> I, you know, I, I challenge everything, right? Everything you put in front of me. I was like, well, can this be better? Well, why didn't they do this? You know, so she it's, annoys it's meatloaf, it. Tom. Just eat <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> why, you didn't put enough onions in it. Why not? You know, you know, I like onions, you know, so I'm always, you know, just very critical thought, you know, just always challenging things. And it that comes naturally. So, you know, um, in business, you know, whenever people would put things in front of me, you know, a label, you know, a formula, you know, my mind goes to, well, how can we make this better? You know, and that could be taking cost out of the product, you know, by going with, you know, new supplier for labels or something like that. So, you know, or it goes in a creative direction. Like, why did we use this font? Or what if we made this red, we would jump out. Um, and then when you're looking at businesses like now, you know, we're looking at, you know, what businesses will come out of this stronger you know, they've been temporarily pushed back because of this. And one of the reasons we still love the gym business, especially the high intensity interval training space like F45, um, we love that space. So what else is out there to kind of complement that? Because when this frees up, people are definitely going to be still more focused on health and wellness, which, by the way, is a double digit kegger growth category for the last probably, I think, about 16 years. But the last seven or eight years, it's been, you know, just on fire. I mean, so in right. the health and wellness space, the high intensity training space, when you look at the gym business in totality, the smaller high intensity training is you know, 10 times the growth rate and success rate. Because quite frankly, when people go into um, a high intensity interval training gym with personal trainers driving you and motivating you and other teammates with you, you know, your life changes, you know, yeah. rather than walking into a big gym like my daughter joined one of these big gyms up here, you know, for like something like eight bucks a month or something, you know, super crazy cheap. But, you know, she walked in, didn't know what to do. You know, right. She'd walk around, she'd do, she'd ride the bike for 10 minutes and she'd get tired, which happens. And then she'd go mm -hmm. do something else. Uh, but, you know, when you're, when, when you're around 20 other people and three right. trainers on top of you, like you're going to leave there exhausted. But guess what? You're going to get in better shape. You're going to lose weight if that's your goal. Um, and you're going to feel great when it's done. And you know, after a couple of months, you're going to be addicted if that, if it takes that long. And it just, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like that idea of pushing yourself, it, it is, it's like being, um, it's like doing team sports. Like for me, like it's, uh, I, you see it in a lot of guys that used to play football yeah. where they gain a whole bunch of weight as soon as they're done playing football, because their whole life was oriented around pushing themselves for that goal. And then once that goal is gone, they don't know how to motivate themselves. So these are even elite athletes who have the, who struggle with going to a place by themselves uh, without a goal in mind and and maintaining them. Then you see guys like Shannon Sharp, who uh, who at fifty three looks just as good as he did at twenty five. Um, uh, yeah. He works out at, at my gym, and so I, I see him every once in a while. And I'm just amazed. Yeah. 
I'm amazed by how he's able to do it. But you also see the opposite of that. And I feel like you hit on something really interesting there, which is how much people uh, need that, that team mentality. Now, how did you... Was there something that helped you to spot that outside of uh, just looking at the trends in the marketplace? Or did you have an experience that, that led you to believe that? Yeah. So, you know, luckily enough to be partnered with Mark Wahlberg, you know, we're partners in, you know, Wahlberg restaurant chains. And, you know, we're always looking at deals and, you know, between him and I and a couple other of our partners, we're always getting pitched. We probably get pitched 10 plus deals a week. Literally. So, you know, when this came across, you know, our desk, you know, we, we were like, wow, we love this because it actually hit my radar a few months earlier because I want to sell PI into the gyms. And I read you know, about the fast growth. They were getting great coverage. The, you know, the culture was just getting report on how great it was. And I was like, wow, we love this. And then when it came across my desk, I was like, wow, we got to meet. We literally had our first meeting with them in the back uh, in the green room of the Ellen show while Mark was uh, doing the show. Wow. Um, I held, I held the meeting and I told them stay here. Don't leave. Cause you normally, you know, I'd fill Mark in afterwards and say, yay or nay to have another meeting. Um, so, you know, I'd get in the weeds and ferret out, you know, all the BS. And I said, you know, just stay here. I want Mark to just, I just want to cut out the next step. Let's just have another meeting. Just re- repeat what we just did basically. So, uh, you know, Mark comes walking up again. They're still here and let's go meet with them. He's like, really, is that good? I said, yeah, dude, it's great. Let's get in there. And, uh, we were into it. And I think the ne- yeah, definitely the next day we we're at the gym working out and, um, we were sold, you know, we were totally bought in. So yeah, that's, uh, another, another great, you know, example of spotting opportunity because I spotted the opportunity earlier just reading what I, you know, reading what I'm reading in the space. You're always looking for opportunities and deals. And then that came across and, you know, everybody else was passing on it because they figured the gym business, oh, we don't know a gym business. I was like, no, we love the gym business. It ties in. It's very organic to who we are. Mark mm-hmm. is a workout machine. You know, I'm more of a weightlifter, but, you know, I definitely need to do more aerobics. I'm always fighting my weight over the years as an ex-power lifter. And then, you know, just not stepping up enough. You know, I love to lift weights, but you know, need to do more than that at my age now. Uh, so I was like, you know, this is very organic to who we are. We could definitely add gas to the fire. And Mark, you know, his family's involved, his daddy's involved now, you know, working out, you know, he's just a, an animal. I mean, he does it four days a week. He was doing, it was crazy. Now were these guys, were these guys on the Ellen show too, or did you just invite them there to be no, with you and Mark? No, we, we, we were so busy. Cause when I come to LA, you know, I'm based in Pittsburgh. When I come to LA, man, we're just booked. Like it's like, boom, you know, we try and fit everything in while I'm there because, you know, I stay there like four days and we jam it all in, you know, cause I try not, you know, try not to go out too terribly often because he'd have me living there, but you know, you lose a week every time you go out. Cause you really, it's tough to go out just for a couple of days. Right, uh, right. So, so anyway, we jammed right in. We said, Hey, if you can meet us here, meet us, you know, we'll give you the address. We'll, we'll get you in. We'll give your names at the, you know, security boom, come on back. And, um, you know, we crammed in a little, in a room and that was it. Yeah. Uh, so it, that, that is an opportunity that was born out of a relationship with, with Mark Wahlberg. And I feel like a lot of people might be walking around going, okay, well, I don't have the capital reserves of being number two at a giant company. I don't have a contact. How, how did you end up in, first of all, how did you end up in contact with Mark? Cause you guys do a lot of stuff together. If you watch, if I look at your Instagram, it's, it's, you know, you're playing golf with Mark and it's, it's one step below a fan page. Oh yeah. No, we're, I mean, listen, we, we talk five to 10 times a day. <laughs> we're right. just, you know, 
I mean, listen, it started off as a friendship first for years, which is great. And he has got Aqua Hydrate. He was in New York meeting with marketing people on uh, trying to find somebody to help him with Aqua Hydrate. And his name is Pete Arnell at the Arnell Agency. They did the Pepsi Relogo, for example, and the iconic DKNY <clears throat> photo with the you know Statue of Liberty in the background. And I'm sorry for my raspy voice. I have allergies here, so it's, um, it's fine. You you, you just <laughs> you just sound you just sound cool. <laughs> Thank you. So you know Peter's there with Mark, and he's like. Uh, you know, pitching Mark and what he can do and Mark's laying out what he needs and everything else. And Peter in the middle of the meeting says, well, let me call, you know, my friend, Tom Dowd, who I just happened to hire Peter a year before for GNC. Um, and we became fast friends, you know, and stay at his house. You know, we, he lived next door. He had an amazing house. He lived next door to Marshall Stewart up in uh, Bedford Hills, New York. And um, just an amazing guy, you know, just huge car collection, art collection, Glass glasses, you know, he had like Benjamin Franklin glasses, you know, he had like wow. two thousand glasses. Benjamin yeah. Franklin invented the bifocals. Speaking That's of right. Yeah. Well, look at you throwing up facts. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he, you know, he had like a thousand. He, he, Peter was famous for his round glasses so he had all these glasses on a wall. I mean, just a really eclectic collection of just almost everything, you know. So anyway, you know, Peter calls me in the middle of the meeting. I'm here with Mark Wahlberg, and you need to get to New York and help him out. You know, he needs your help, and you know, you know, wholesale, retail, marketing, blah blah blah. You know, all his words and played me up for him and. Uh, so I just happened to be in New York. So we ended up having a four hour meeting with Mark and his CEO and another guy. And it didn't go so well for those guys. You know, they worked for Mark and Mark said, well, that was great. You know, can you come back or stay till Friday? And this was a Wednesday night. I want to fly out my team from L.A. I'd like you to, you know, get into them you know, hard on the business issues like you did these two guys. And I was like, all right. You know, Peter's like, begging, please do it, Tom. And I'm like, sure. You know, and the next, then that Friday dinner wasn't quite as uh, organic, I would say, because it got, you know, everybody was on, you know, they're very defensive. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, well, we got through it. You know, the CEO had a couple of drinks and he decided to try and uh, beat back some of the issues from the Wednesday night into a slugfest. And, you know, Mark walked past, like, oh my God, that, that was great. Thank you so much. And uh, Tuesday just called me to talk about golf. And that was the beginning of a, you know, good relationship that's, you know, it's, Went out for years, and then one day he said, "Hey, well, we should do a sports nutrition business." Something. So we started a company called Marked with GNC, with me on that side, and then Mark on the other side. And GNC really didn't love it. The board was giving me pain about it because it wasn't a GNC brand, and we were kind of trying to sell it outside the four walls of GNC. Mm. You know, kind of. My big push was always, "Listen, guys, GNC is going to die if we just keep focusing on our stores," which is happening now, by the way. Right. Um, so I want to start creating brands and taking our brands outside of GNC, um, and uh, the board wasn't having it. <clears throat> so anyway, we stopped it. So when I was leaving, and Mark was pushing me to leave and kind of work with him and do do you know entrepreneurial stuff. You know, he's like, let's restart a, a, a brand, you know, and let's do it better. Let's make it all natural. Let's do what we want to do and do it our way. So sure. Great. So that's how uh, we started PI. And that's how I met Mark. So b- baked into that is something that I think is, is really important. One is y- you were struggling to find a way. Uh, y- you had found a reason to leave the, the company that you were in. You were trying to innovate beyond the walls that you were in. And you, <clears throat> and you basically... I don't know if it was the universe or just your own uh, 
your own churn. Like you just, you have this, yep. you have this churning energy about you, but that, that had that opportunity around you so that you were ready to leave um, a company that you've been at for 25 years, by the way, which is, yep. Yep. which is not an easy choice for a lot of us to make. So uh, <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, I, I guess you had the opportunity, but was there, some, is there another way for people to, who are listening right now to yeah. kind of know when to make that leap from a, from a very safe place? Uh, like that. Yeah, no, you're very insightful. Um, yeah, it was very hard. I mean, you know, th- listen, things are going in a bad direction. I was fighting with the board because they didn't want to do the things I wanted to do, which again was, you know, move the brand outside. You know, I did the PetSmart deal. You know, I made GNC pets for, for PetSmart. I took the products to Costco. The board told me not to do both of those things, and I did it anyway. It's <laughs> a great success, by the way. Um, and, you know, so you know, always keeping your ear to the ground and always pushing. So when GNC was, you know, kind of going in a tough direction, the board was didn't want to do the things that we needed to do to move the company forward. And quite frankly, the money was already made. I was almost just doing them a favor at that point because, you know, markets were getting tough. You know, we weren't being competitive enough. So I was like, I don't need to be here anymore. And, you know, I was already investing a couple deals um, just by always meeting people because I survived three leverage buyouts and foreign ownership and we took the company public in 2011. So, I mean, the battle scars I have um, is a <laughs> amazing because right. not many people survive one leverage buyout, let alone three mm-hmm. and foreign ownership. So, you know, I survived that. But the really great training for me was meeting all these really amazing folks you know, from venture capital and private equity who were, you know, bidding on GNC, uh, but didn't get the deal. And then the folks that did end up owning us, you know, I got learned a lot from, you know, so, you know, it's always great because they say, you know, we're buying you, not the company. And then like within a couple of days, they're all trying to, you know, upgrade you and get you out. Right, right. <laughs> we're buying you, not the company. And here's your yeah, exit package. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Next day, you know, there's like two empty seats in the executive meeting on Monday. I'm like, hey, where's our CFO? Oh, you know, <laughs> like, oh boy, here we go. Uh, so, Guess yeah, you're buying the company, not him. Yeah, I remember calling my wife after one of the leverage buyouts. Said, "Honey, stop buying everything. <laughs> 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 Maybe food, but that's about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> anchor down. We don't know where this is going. Uh, but yeah, it turns into you know." survivor and you know it's just you know who can really deliver and so you know you really just work hard it makes you a better person but you know to to answer your question you know i i truly believe that if you're creative um great but even if you're naturally creative you have to hone those skills and spot opportunity i'll give you a quick story i took over a division in california we were down in laguna beach Right on the 405 was our office, and you know, I'm an East Coast guy, and I go out to California. And, you know, we had everything from Alaska down to Texas and Hawaii. It was a big, you know, it was a big volume division as well. And the two people that were there were older than me, been at GNC longer, and really didn't like the fact that I got promoted over them. Mm. And, um, yeah, I went in and you know, first meeting, I said, All right, guys, you know, we need to create you know, some energy here, we need to find new products, you know. Um, you know, is everybody reading natural food merchandiser and these magazines and they're all in or all in? Yeah, yeah, okay, great. So I got mine in and, you know, the next meeting I said, hey, did everybody go through the magazines? Any opportunities out there? And they said, no, no, we really didn't see anything. And, and meanwhile, I had my assistant go and put, you know, um, copied pages of everything I ripped out and circled and wrote notes on of like the three magazines and put it on a folder on her chair. So when they went back after my meeting, they came back, each one of them individually came back and go, wow, like 
Thank you for teaching us that lesson. You're right. Like we just flipping pages, not paying attention. Mm. And we actually found, you know, three really meaningful products out of that. Um, just that one exercise, um, you know, teaching these folks what to look for. But that was a good example, I think, of just how people go through life and don't look at everything and challenge and think, you know, would our product, would this product sell well in the stores? Should we, you know, would this spot look better on the, on the label? You know, why aren't we making a formula like this, you know, at GNC, for mm-hmm. example? So that's kind of how, you know, we train people to really look for opportunities by always challenging everything that's put in front of you and say, you know, can I do this better is a good starting point. And can I sell this if you're a retailer? Um, and jumping on opportunities, that's one of the things I used to love about selling it. You know, we sold more thigh masses at one time. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we sold a ton of thigh masses at Walmart at one time um, because we jumped on it first and fast and actually saw them displayed in some old mom and pop location in Texas. Um, it, you know, I jumped all over it. Same thing with perfect pushups. I'm in California watching the, the infomercial on it. And, you know, we bought in a GNC and we sold a ton of it, but you know, you know, how many people saw that commercial GNC and never right. did a thing about it. Right. You know, so that's, that's one of the you know reasons that I've done, you know, relatively well in life is, you know, just really, I'm always thinking like, wow, there it is. Like, what can I do with that? Um, and maybe sometimes it needs to be morphed into something different to make it work. Like Strybeckton's another great, you know, story. You know, Macy's was selling it. And I thought, hey, GNC has a gold card. Strybeckton? is a wrinkle cream out of um, Utah. And um, it, it's maybe still around, uh, but we sold so much of it. I mean, it made our year, literally. Um, and I saw it being sold in, in a big department store. And I said, oh, I think we can sell this. And, you know, basically we sold the hell out of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. You know, but, you know, that's why, you know, I was I loved and that's why I became a chief merchant because, you know, I was great at developing product. Um, and, you know, that's now obviously translated over to performance inspired mm. nutrition and what we do. Uh, and I love it. You know, it's just I love creating stuff and I love selling it. Um, but, you know, for everybody out there to answer your question, you know, if everybody just focuses on like looking for opportunity, reading magazines that you're not normally reading, reading books to stimulate ideas, you know, taking time to just really just daydream and think about like, what could I be doing differently with my connections? You know, how do I take advantage of my connections? You know, I'm always, you know, put off when people contact me about something and they're like, I'm so sorry to do this. I hate to do this, blah, blah. I'm like, why are you apologizing? Like you should reach out to contacts if you want a job. You should reach out to your contacts if you have an idea. Like that, don't don't apologize. I love the grind. I love I love the fact you're you're reaching out and trying to to create something. That's great, you know. So I think a lot of people hold back on doing that because they feel like they're imposing. And by the way, even if you are imposing, so what? You know, if if that person's not going to be you know appreciate your effort and the grind, then that person probably wouldn't make a good contact for you anyway. So you know, I think a lot of people just need to really take a look at the resources that they have and start thinking about ways to maximize those resources and then how to stimulate more value um, and, you know, with everything that they have or whatever business they're in, how do you create something more interesting and, and meaningful? I mean, I think, I know I've used this reference already or this word where you just, you kind of churn and you do, even in your social life, like even just spending time with you, you have a, you have a churn. You, you, you're moving. You're, there's so much uh, kinetic energy around you. 
like what you're describing, the way that you go through the magazines and find new products, the way that you the way that you watch infomercials. Most of us are turning our brains off watching the infomercials, right. and yep. you are churning through responsibilities and churning through uh, possibilities. I mean, and and churning through through concepts that you could then turn and 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 monetize. But one of the big plus sides to that churn is that mm-hmm. no one thing becomes so important that it makes or breaks you. So that the successes become more successful, uh, become successful. But the losses are just a part of that that churn. If you if you're looking, if you start to explore the perfect push up, and all of a sudden that deal doesn't work and does, and falls through, because of the amount of of an, of of energy that you put into every waking moment, you start you have you have plenty right in the chamber right behind it. Um, so that you can you, you have something else to fire relatively quickly, and my I guess I guess the question is I understand that there's a part of you that that is innate where you look at something and you're always looking how to better it. But is there a way that is can you train that energy? Can you train that that churn into people where they where they where they start to learn how to see opportunity? I I guess the simple answer is yes. And I'll give you another example and not to name drop and throw, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not out there saying, you know, all all this has to be relying on somebody famous. But I was at a Super Bowl in Tampa and I was in the elevator with Kris Jenner, which I was in her. I just found out literally just last month that I mentioned in her book. I have four pages writing about our experience together, which, by the way, she played me up as some you know, uh, touristy yokel at first when she saw me, <laughs> she said I was in like a Hawaiian shirt. I don't never owned a Hawaiian shirt, but it was just funny. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm in the elevator with her and the elevator, you know, doesn't work. You know, I believe in fate. So the elevator doesn't work while we're in it together and I'm pushing buttons and she's getting annoyed and we jump out together. <clears throat> then we both get on the same elevator and I turn to her and I go, Hey, you know, now she's kind of like annoyed with me because we're both stuck. Not at me. I didn't break the elevator, but right. she's just kind of annoying general. Right. And, you know, she's running late and trying to get to her thing like me. And I just turned to her and go, hey, by the way, I love your boots. <laughs> 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 and she had great boots on, you know, big black boots right to her knee, like riding boots. And they had like red accent down the side. <clears throat> and she's like, well, thank you. And she go, and then she goes like, "What do you do?" I go, "I work for GNC." She goes, "Oh my God, I love GNC. My husband Bruce, when he was Bruce, <laughs> loves the protein and stuff like that." Well, we spent a half hour plus talking at the bottom of the elevator when we get off. <clears throat> that would be a great story by itself. But I right away I'm like, "What can I do with them?" Like this is like when they were just really imploding, like just really, I mean, the show was already on air. They were really growing, but I get into the car with all the guys um, going to the Super Bowl to a hangar party. And I said, oh, I just met Chris Jenner. I'm telling you, we could do something. Every single person in that car was like, Oh, come on. Don't, don't let's go. Don't stop talking about that. You're always right. trying to throw stuff out there. And, you know, we created quick trim, which was the number three diet in the country, like eight months later, mm-hmm. you know, it was already out there killing it. We bought, we had an indie car and, you know, it was just great fun, but you know, it was a great relationship, you know, but that was another example of just always having your ear to the ground, always trying to say, you know, how, do, how can I do something with this? And that uh, worked great. You know, I helped Kim and, and them, you know, she was doing like DVDs back in, anybody know what DVDs are still? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so she was doing it, fitting your jeans by Friday. So I was helping them, you know, give direction and just being involved with them. And I just enjoyed the heck out of it. They were great folks with me and, um, you know, and um, you know, it was just a great experience. But, you know, I, I talked, I used to speak about this to our, our field staff. 
um, about, you know, just another example of, you know, how, how you just spot opportunity. And even though everybody told me it never happened, you know, they're not the type, we don't want them associated with the brand and blah, blah, blah. So I pivoted and connected with a partner of mine who's a manufacturing guy. If you ever watch a show, um, you know, we were on a show together with Keith. I bought him on. I bought him to dinner with me. And he actually took, because we were worried about, rightfully so, having GNC associated with them. Because you never know what would happen when right, you associate right. with somebody. Boy, so boy, were you I, I used him as a buffer. What's, yeah, well, I create, I structured the whole deal. You know, I went, I said to Keith, I said, come on, let's come out here. We played golf with Bruce. We went to the house for dinner. Is this and Keith I bought Keith. And, it is Keith Frankel. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you just, you know, if we were on, he was, he was Scott Disick's boss and stuff, but, you know, that was all because of me. I bought him into it. Yeah, it's, I forgot you know him. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, so he picked me up in his plane and I said, all right, here's our agenda. We're going to do this, this, and this. And I said, and here's what I'm going to pitch. And your plan B, if if I think about this and, and the board pushes back on really partnering with them, you're going to do it. You'll be the face of it. We'll launch it at GNC. You'll give us our cut. And then when it goes into the mass market, I want to cut. Right. And that's basically what we did. So after my board meeting, the board's like, eh, you know, this and that, there are issues. I said, guys, fine. I, I have a, I have a, another way around doing it. I've um, already thought it through. Called Keith, said, plan B, baby, let's go. Right. <laughs> so we had a blast. Uh, but anyway, that's, you know, another, you know, another thing that people have to understand is, first of all, people always have failures. I have failures, too. Um, but like you said, you know, you, you, you focus on the win not the losses the losses just teach you lessons um but you know then you know not to do them again hopefully uh mm-hmm. but this was a great example of just pivoting you know even though everybody in the world told me not to do it including like what i mentioned with PetSmart, that they thought it diminished the brand and blah 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 and i did it anyway and you literally the ceo told me well listen you're going to get fired if they get really pissy about this i said fine i, I know it's going to win and it did <laughs> so, but anyway that was a great story with the kardashians and just a great example of you know just kind of having a random meeting where most people just been like hey just can i get a photo right been happy with the photo my brain was like bam how do i get you know, in business and start to taking advantage of their great success. And, you know, they're, they're and by the way, Chris is very entrepreneurial and very good. Oh, unbelievable. She was a, she she was a great to be partner. Yeah. Business school. Yeah. And so I tell you, Kim is, she is too. She's smart. She loves to do business and it was really enjoyable. I mean, I've, I've never, you know, people have opinions about everybody, right. Especially when mm-hmm. you're a celebrity, but you know, I was always the first to say, listen, you think what you want, but as far as I'm concerned, they were just great to work with. It was really enjoyable for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think uh, time has has made uh, has made you the the winner of that of the wisdom there because because they have proven to be an incredibly entrepreneurial and wise family when it comes to their business acumen and uh, and um, you you got in at the ground floor with that uh, both metaphorically yeah, and literally. Yeah. <laughs> being stuck and, on the other and it's always a gamble you know it's always a gamble because you know these flashes and the pans and everything else mm-hmm. and they were around quite a bit you know for a while there but they, everybody thought they were at their peak they kept going <laughs> right you know, which is you yeah. know just insane i mean the show's still on the air yeah you know our episode the second ra- the highest rated show was blaming on the alcohol keith and i were on that's uh was just on and like all of a sudden on social media people were is that you on tv i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want not I want, my proudest moment. I, I, but you should be proud of it. Look, I want to go back, you know, a few steps in your career because, you know, you, you I, I, I get the sense from these anecdotes and from just from knowing you uh, socially, this 
of again like that that notion of churn right where you are all always you're always pulling things into your orbit and and trying to to make it work but i i um and, and trying to find opportunity in it but I'll, not everybody is at a stage in their career where they can get something on the shelf at GNC if the board opposes it. Not everybody is at the stage where they're getting invited to Super Bowl parties and they can come into contact with with TNT that you know with the with the explosive mm-hmm. dynamic individuals that you're talking about taking you to those next steps. So let's go back earlier in your career and you you know you're 25 years at GNC. How, where did you start at GNC and how did you begin to make a name for yourself there? Uh, yeah, I started as regional sales director, and I got to tell you, you know. Yeah, the way you position it that way, where you have all the you know um, ability to do these great things, be at Super Bowl parties and everything else. Yeah, you pay a price to get there. So that's to your point. Like, how do you get there? Um, and you know, everything is just everything's relative, right? So yes. So when I was you know making you know thirty thousand a year, working six days a week, you know, I started in the supermarket business, and you know, I kind of you know, got the entrepreneurial spirit working for my father on supermarkets in, in New York. Um, and I just love retailing and the whole deal, but, you know, I didn't really want to be a retailer, but, you know, you kind of get sucked into it by the money in the supermarket business. And then I started GNC and quite frankly, you know, the supermarket business was great training ground for any retailer, because once you've worked in a supermarket, you can go into a smaller retailer like GNC and really just bring, you bring a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it was much more difficult because when there's a problem in the supermarket, you can go downstairs and walk into the protocell and, you know, fix it. <clears throat> you know, and with GNC, you know, I had 40 stores spread out. Um, you know, you have to, <laughs> you know, go right. drive, you know, manager quit on you and slide the keys under the gate in the mall and you go there and have to get a locksmith to open it and scramble to get people to run the store. So that wasn't fun. But the value that I bought right out of the gate was my, my management ability. Um, and again, just always saying, well, why aren't we doing this this way? Why do we do this? You know, why aren't we selling this product? You know, you know, and those things I started doing and I used to write up, and this is not an exaggeration on a brother P touch typewriter type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd type this up and send it up to the CEO and president of GNC at the time, Bill Watson, Lou Mancini. And, and I was told by my boss not to do it anymore because it wasn't my place to send my ideas upward. Hmm. So, I, you know, I haven't thought of this in a long time. Thanks for asking that question. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, you know, that was pretty, you know, gutsy of me. And again, just like when people told me not to do certain things, like with PetSmart, even Sam's Club, you know, I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I'm doing it. And I told him, I said, listen, I'm doing it. You're like, what are you going to do? Fire me? <laughs> keep doing it. And when I was in my yes, first meeting. They might fire yeah. you. <laughs> Why is yeah, that so right. extreme? Hey, listen, if they fired me for submitting ideas, like I don't want to be there. Yeah. Um, and then I went to my first meeting and I was invited up from the field. And I was one of the few field people invited to what they used to call line review. And I remember the, the president ish, I forget, maybe he's the EVP or something, the guy Lou I mentioned, pulled me aside and said, hey, I, I read your ideas and I, you know, not, they're not all great. You know, they always have to say it sometimes. Right. <laughs> I said, okay, I expect, I know that. I guess, but you know, you got to say, you're always saying, I love that, I love that. So I was like, boom, I couldn't wait to tell my my boss who wasn't even invited to me, by the way, which is great. <laughs> um, but, you know, but then it, during line review, I would raise my hand and I would throw out questions and challenge the whole merchant team. And I became literally like a star 
at GNC, you know, when nobody really knew me uh, from the line reviews. And, you know, I'd go into the bathroom. People were like, oh, my God, that was great during our breaks. And I'd get coffee. People come up to me. Oh, that's great how you're really challenging these guys in this and that. <clears throat> so after the first meeting where I did this, I'm like on cloud nine. I get pulled in by the CEO and I'm like literally shaking because like, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. In, I'm like, oh, no, because, yeah, I get a little, you know, as Wahlberg always says, a bit of a bull in the china shop. Yes. Um, you know, and I get, you know, ramped up and, you know, I'm very, you know, I get going. <clears throat> and um, I thought, oh, maybe I went too far, you know, pounding these guys. And I walk in and he's like, that was, you You really delivered. He goes, how, how do you come up with all this stuff? Like, how do you know this stuff? I go, well, they send out what they're covering like a month earlier. I said, I sent out to all my store managers who actually deal with the customers and work the stores every day. And I asked them for their opinion. Then they submit it to me and I compile it and I add my take on it. And that's what I do. And he thought that was so brilliant, you know, and I did too, because, you know, sometimes the simplicity of something is, makes it brilliant, like squeeze ketchup, right? Right. And thousands of people invented it, but nobody did it until one day somebody did it. You know, and that was so simplistic, but brilliant. You know, that's one of my great management lessons. Like, listen, don't pretend you have all the answers. Ask people, mm -hmm. you know, go to the people that, you know, have the answers, like the people in the stores. But anyway, that put me on the map at GNC. Um, and then one day I'm in the field in, in Pennsylvania in like Pottstown, Pennsylvania, which if you know, Pennsylvania is like in the middle of nowhere. <clears throat> and the store gets a call and asks for me and they say, we want to talk to you for a minute. I go, yeah, okay. Because Bill Watson, CEO, wants to talk to you. He goes, but first, do you have a passport? And I said, yeah, I do, actually. He says, okay, we're going to call you back in 10 minutes. Bill wants to talk to you. I'm like, I'm oh, like what is going on? on I'm like, what's going on? He's exactly right. Anyway, they sent me to England. We bought a chain of stores there called Health and Diet Centers. And they sent me to England to take over these stores and help convert them because the guy from GNC they sent over, who was like four pay grades above me, just thought he was a king there and everybody hated him. And he was, you know, just talking down to people, you know, and I go in and I work, like I'll do whatever it takes and, you know, win people over and play the game and work hard and just do it. And, they, and Bill calls me and he goes, you have a passport. That's great. I need you to go over there, but you're going to have to spend like a month over there. Is that okay? I said, whatever you need. And uh, he goes, you need to win them over and, and let them know that we're not all a-holes over here. And you need to really win them over and bust your butt and get those stores converted and new ones opened. And I said, yes, sir. And that was uh, the beginning of uh, my career at GNC. And then next thing I know, you know, I'm getting promoted. And then I was leaving. I actually got a job with Godiva Chocolate. And oh. I went to a meeting. And another senior guy came to me and said, you cannot leave. Like, you're, you're, you just have to take the next promotion. And he goes, and Lou, the guy Lou that I mentioned earlier, is going to come talk to you at some point. Lou shows up two minutes later and literally starts yelling at me that I can't leave. I'm the future of the company and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I already gave notice. Yeah, I'm waiting for my, you know, my I gave a month's notice, I remember, because I was waiting for my, my bonus. But I told him, listen, you have a month. That's better for you. I'm waiting for my bonus. Um, and he said, and I was like pushing back. And then finally my brain clicked and I said, you know what? Here I have the president of the company yelling at me to stay. I'd be pretty foolish to leave. And right. that was a really great decision. <laughs> right. so, so, yeah, I became the number two guy. And I could, you know, probably take it over if I wanted to fight the fight with the board and stay on. But, you know, quite frankly, you know, I, you know, the stock was a $60 stock. I sold most of my stuff for around 50 You know, it's a $2 stock now. So, you know, I jumped out right at the right time. And, you know, sadly, a bunch of people 
people followed me out the door. Um, you know, but you know, every everything has its its cycle. Um, you know, and part of the key to success is knowing you know how to read a cycle. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and so what, what I'm what I also it's, there's an old there's the old quote: "Luck is when uh, preparation meets opportunity." Yeah, right. That's right. Um, yeah. But it, what it seems to me is that like you are always, always doing this churn thing so you, you you you're as you're as you're coming out of uh out of leaving your your family business uh and to, to get a job at gnc you're taking the lessons there and you're just churning it through at the at the local level by talk by 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 being in constant contact with the with the people that are directly beneath you and using that to inform the decisions that uh that you that you send up to the people above you. And then uh, little by little, you make more and more of a name for yourself until you can't be ignored. Right? right. That's that's more yeah, or less. Well said. Uh, yeah. So I guess I, what I'd like to do is kind of pivot into now and this opportunity and where you suggest people start to churn in their own lives. So like you, for example, are saying, okay, you were you were well positioned in two areas of the health and wellness space. So you've got you've got your you've got your uh, your gyms that you're a big uh, investing partner in, um, yeah. and then you've also got your line, Performance Inspired, which uh, mm-hmm. which is great. So what what you're finding is that right now, obviously nobody can go to the gyms, so that's going to die on the that's that's dying right now. It's not going to die, but it's. It's stagnant. Right. How about that? It's in a coma. I hope not. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, it's in a coma. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think people are going to come back uh, in a big way. Like I've 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 put a bunch of money into. I mean, just you know, a few hundreds hundreds of dollars into getting weight equipment for my for my garage. But as soon as soon as the gyms are open, I am going to right. be there like the girl in the Marshalls commercial from 1997. <laughs> just open, open, open. Like that's going to be me. So I'm I'm going to spring back. And I know that I feel like uh, a system like F45 is is built on P1s. It's built on people who are addicted to that to that energy. So I think you're going to be fine there. But you do have the other branch right now that is that is sort of supporting you. This it's like Tarzan. You're 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 between two vines, and you're able to hold on to this um, to this current uh, nutritional vine while you wait for the gyms to come back. So I guess my my question is what. And I heard you allude to it earlier, where you felt like the rug was being pulled out from underneath you at GNC, like you might get fired with every round. And you called your wife and you said, uh, and "Don't you said, spend, right? Don't spend. We got <laughs> to get into, anything. We got to get into hunker down mode, right? Which is yeah. Just, you, yeah. yeah. So, uh, like, how how do you? What advice do you have for people who are in a position right now where they are uh, they don't have a vine to hold on to and they need to be in the don't spend mode, but how to still find opportunity without? without being able to, to churn in that same way. Yeah. So I have a 21, 22 year old son now who's, who's in college. And, um, you know, I always tell him, you know, the secret to success in many cases when you're starting out is, you know, always doing a little bit more, you know, people think like people, you know, do these amazing leaps forward of great, amazing ideas. And most of the time it's just chopping a lot of wood to get there, man. It's just, you know, always doing a little bit more. And right. that could mean staying a little bit later, contributing more ideas, you know, being a little more uncomfortable speaking up when maybe you don't want to, you know, not being exhausted, tired because you're out partying when you're young and showing up for work, you know, but always doing a little bit more. I think that's like one of the first things that young people especially should learn. Yeah, I'll give you a quick example. Just in my office, you know, we have a building that Mark and I own here in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. You know, there's a big branch where the trees fall over you know, a couple of weeks ago and it was sitting like right over. And one of my employees just basically 
you know, drives past it, gets out, and walks past it and leaves it in the middle of the street. That made me insane. I haven't even talked to him about it because what am I going to say? Really? But that, <laughs> like, mark, that marks him in my brain is okay, like, you couldn't take the two seconds of pulling out of the, the driveway. So, but that's, you know, people don't realize, like, that's a good example of just doing, taking that extra step. That people you don't think maybe somebody would notice, but people notice things, you know, being, you know, saying hello to people, you know, being friendly to people because, you know, you, you never know. First of all, it's the right thing to do, but, you know, you don't have to be a tyrant, you know, but just being that person that contributes. How do you always contribute? Every day people should be thinking at their job, how do I contribute more? Hmm. What can I be doing more? You know, what's that little bit more that I can do? Um, that, that will help me stand out or help me contribute more value to the company I work for. Um, and if you're an entrepreneur, you know, listen, the internet today, I didn't really have, um, you know, but now you can create, you know, a multitude of things and take a lot of risk without much, you know, cash, you know, tied up and, and resell things and, or create things and sell them. I mean, there's a million, you know, going through success stories, um, about people that you know, start off selling you know, small little doodads and you know, became millionaires from selling things online because they found a niche. You know, they found something and then they learned how to market it better and they really create a monster. But mm. you know, everything is relative. You know, everybody has to realize that you know, whatever capital you have or money, you know, whatever opportunity you have, you know, people have to create their own opportunity and you have to really get people's attention in the right way by doing things that are meaningful. And when you work for a company, how to be meaningful is to show that you're, you're, you're adding value and always think outside of, the, of um, your own responsibilities. You know, I had a huge people organization at GNC. I ran all stores and operations, by the way, as well. You know, so, you know, I used to always look for people that would, you know, speak up and give me ideas, kind of like what I use my example of mm -hmm. me typing up something that Brother P touched. When I'd go visit stores and with regional sales directors and, and vice presidents, like, okay, tell me something I don't know, guys. Like, tell me something we're not doing that we should be doing. And when they look at me with the blank stare, I, you know, in my mind, I'm going, okay, like you're not, you're not, you're not contributing. You're right. just, you're, you're just following orders, you know? And when you're, when you're, especially when you move up the ranks, like you shouldn't be just following orders. You should be challenging everything and trying to create value and create new opportunities. Um, but you could do that at every level. And I think that's a great way for people to start because just like with me, you know, I wasn't given anything. You know, all the money I made was through you know public and being surviving leverage buyouts. But the only reason I was able to make you know the money I did was because I worked my way up and I was in great positions uh, to contribute. And then I was rewarded for, for my contributions through stock options and everything else and salary. Uh, but so you know, it all pays off. And like I said earlier, you, know, you have to chop a lot of wood. And you always have to work harder. And you know, I didn't like you know when we moved to California from Florida, from, you know, Pittsburgh area and, and Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, you know, my wife, we had a one-year-old, my son now, and um, my wife hated California. And I was literally working six and a half days, traveling four to five nights a week, you know, visiting all the areas to really hit the ground running because that was my first vice president job running a whole division and I wasn't going to fail. And my wife hated California to this day. She would never move back because she has such a bad taste in her mouth from that experience. Because she was basically, you know, when you're from the East Coast and you move to the West Coast, it's like another country. Right. You know, so, so and when you have a one-year-old and you're kind of by yourself and, you know, her big highlight of the day was taking him to the supermarket, you know, she really got burned out from it. But 
I had to do what I had to do. And guess what? It got me promoted to a senior vice president and then an EVP and general manager, EVP and, and CMO. Uh, so, you know, that's the price you have to pay sometimes. So, you know, I guess more of that story, you know, um, is, you know, what are you going to do to sometimes you have to make sacrifices? And thankfully, my wife was the kind of wife that when I said, hey, honey, we have to move again. You know, she was like, OK, you know, she always put her faith in the fact that it would pay out for us. And, you know, a little bit of pain would eventually, you know, afford us, you know, a lifestyle that we'd, we'd hope to you know, enjoy now, quite frankly. So, you know, she was great support for that. So, you know, I guess if we're throwing out management lessons, you know, you always have to find a partner uh, who's going to support you and, uh, you know, help you succeed and do what it takes to succeed. That is uh, that is as good as advice as you have been able to, to deliver today, Tom. Tom Dowd, <laughs> co-founder of Performance Inspired. Uh, also a primary investor in F45 gyms, which you can't go to right now, but uh, would hopefully we'll be able to go to. Work out at home. Uh, yeah, you yeah. work out at home. Uh, yeah, they have workout kits, yep. <laughs> all right, so for, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you two last questions and I ask them to everybody. Sure. First, where uh, can people follow up with you uh, if they want to get in touch? Um, I'm on Instagram at Big Deal Dowd on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I think it's Tom Dowd, P-I- yep, Tom Dowd, P-I-N. And, um, you know, our website's Performance Inspired uh, Nutrition. You can find us and, you know, send us an email. Or contact me through social and love to hear from people and any ideas and thoughts you have. You know, I always respond. I love to interact with folks and um, you know, it's, it brings me a lot of joy. Links. And I learn stuff. <laughs> there you go, right? That's, that's part of yeah, your, your yeah. philosophy. So links yeah. to your links to the performance inspired website as well as to all of Tom's social media in the show notes. And one last question, I ask it to everybody: What is one thing that we can all start doing today to live our lives a whole lot better? Well, I think without your health, you know, you can say you don't have anything. So I think you know whatever you have in life, if you're not healthy, you can't really enjoy it. And you know, I've had everything from shin splints to bone spurs and you know it really takes a lot of joy out of your life no matter what you're doing if you're chronically in pain and those are just small examples luckily i haven't had anything life-changing or really bad but you know i think putting your health first is is key um and it's not about longevity it's more about quality of life so i think you know focusing on your health and wellness and making right decisions and you know when i'm done here i'm going to go ride my peloton um, you know, and just try and burn up those calories and um, keep my heart rate, you know, strong. And, you know, I think health and wellness is key. And, you know, that's, it's not by accident. I'm in this space, you know, I love this space, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, but, you know, I think people just, you know, unfortunately they start when they get into their sixties, maybe they go, oh, geez, you know, now I'm out of shape, but it's so much harder. So I think the sooner you start focusing on your health and wellness, like my, my daughter, who's 19, just got her shoes, did her first Peloton ride yesterday, and she's going to do an F45 uh, workout tomorrow morning. Um, you know, she's just really starting to get into, um, you know, exercise because she had Lyme's disease and she really lost like a good couple of years of not feeling well, which is mm-hmm. very sad. Yeah. But so I'm so thrilled that she's really involved now. She's so excited, you know, with the bike and everything else. So, you know, forming those habits as, you, as young as you can or whenever you hear this and just say, you know, what, you know, he's right. I should start getting, you know, working out two or three days a week to start um i think you'll see the rewards certainly pay off as you get older yeah that's when it's particularly poignant advice right now while we're all trying to you know avoid getting this this virus and yeah. your health is, is really good core of it well it's easy to sit around binge watch tv and eat and drink right <laughs> that's easy yes but it's very easy it's lovely should, yeah 
Yeah, but you should really be focused on doing a little bit of that. You know, yeah. listen, I told you, yeah. you know, watching my fair shows as well. But, you know, all, you also have to incorporate uh, the, working out and, and keeping your health. Actually, you know, you should come out of this even healthier uh, because you have the time to really commit to working mm-hmm. out. And uh, keeping your immune system strong is really, really critical right now. I, I think that's great. And when you write your business book, Churn, uh, I want to make sure that uh, I at least get a shout out in the book. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Well, thanks, Gib. I appreciate the time. And uh, you know, I hope you found this interesting. And I enjoyed it. It was almost like therapy for me. <laughs> brought, back, brought back some great memories. <laughs> thank you for your time. Calm down. All right, Gib. Thank you. That's it for our show today. I want to thank Tom one more time for being a part of it. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast makes a big difference. Wherever you're listening right now, if you rate, comment, and subscribe, it'll make a huge difference for us. Also, if there's somebody that you know that needs to hear this, maybe they, uh, maybe this is just the thing that they need to cheer them up, please send it to them. Everybody that you help, uh, everybody that you send this to really helps us out a lot. If you want to follow up with us, facebook.com slash John Tash is where we spend most of our time. We are live there all the time, responding to comments, responding to people. Uh, doing workout videos, that is the place to be. John is also on Twitter, at John Tesh. On Instagram, at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard, at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes, including Tom's. Uh, and I try to respond to every DM, every mention about the show, every discussion that we can have about it, uh, because I do the show for you guys. And so if there's anybody that you want us to have, you let me know. Because most of all, thank you so much for listening.